I spent 20 years with the Fort Worth Police Department. Uh, I retired as a sergeant in 2018. Uh, I had an unbelievable career, uh, worked with some great people, did a lot of really neat things. I spent most of my career on the tactical side of the police department. Uh, so I spent most of my career in units like Zero Tolerance, the gang unit, and then ultimately uh, in SWAT where I was a team leader. Uh, but just had an unbelievable career. And in 2018, when I retired, uh, I decided to partner with my wife, Dr. Lisa Gardner, and we entered the cannabis space. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Gramps Place where my guests and I discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing in the good old USA. My guest tonight is retired Fort Worth, Texas Police Sergeant, Tactical Operations Division SWAT Team Leader and Entrepreneur, Trey Phillips. Trey has dedicated his entire career to serving the Dallas-Fort Worth community. After more than 20 years in law enforcement, he's made the unlikely transition to cannabis executive and reform legalization activist. Trey is the co-owner and president of Thrive Apothecary, a three-time winner of Best CBD Store in Dallas-Fort Worth. WellSell CBD, a premium physician-formulated CBD brand. Thrive Medical Cannabis, a medical marijuana prescription company catering to qualified patients in Texas. And Fusion Medical Aesthetics, a boutique wellness and anti-aging medical practice. Trey, along with his wife, Dr. Lisa Gardner, have made it their mission to offer high-quality plant-based alternatives to mainstream medicine. The couple was also named the face of cannabis in both 2021 and again in 2022 by Fort Worth Magazine. Through their products, educational efforts, and advocacy, Trey and Lisa continue to help people look and feel better while becoming the very best versions of themselves. Let's meet Trey and hear their story. Hello, Trey, and thank you for joining me here on Gramps Place. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Please introduce yourself and briefly tell us a little about yourself, your background, and what you're doing now. Sure. So my name is Trey Phillips. I'm actually into my second career at this point. My first career, I spent 20 years with the Fort Worth Police Department. Uh, I retired as a sergeant in 2018. Uh, I had an unbelievable career, uh, worked with some great people, did a lot of really neat things. I spent most of my career on the tactical side of the police department. Uh, so I spent most of my career in units like Zero Tolerance, the gang unit, and then ultimately uh, in SWAT where I was a team leader. Uh, but just had an unbelievable career. And in 2018, when I retired, uh, I decided to partner with my wife, Dr. Lisa Gardner, and we entered the cannabis space. And so we have a couple of different ventures that we work in now. Um, Lisa still has her medical practice where she still sees patients every day. Um, we have a CBD store, Thrive Apothecary. We have our own line of CBD products called WellSell. And then we also just entered the medical cannabis space in Texas uh, also. So we, we have a pretty full plate, um, but we're, we're having a lot of fun and it's really a, a joy and an honor for us to serve our to serve our community in a different way now. Sure. I, I've been looking forward to talking with y'all for a little bit because both because I've been a customer, although all of my purchases have been online, uh, but I have been a customer of your store 
Uh, we appreciate it. But I think the people of North Texas, especially Tarrant County, need to hear about what all you actually are doing, what you offer at your Fort Worth, Fort Worth shop. But first, I've got to ask you, what brought you from being a police officer into the cannabis industry? Yeah, well, of course, it was a woman, you know, like most major decisions <laughs> in our lives, it tends to be who drives sure. it. Uh, you know, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, 10 years ago, or even five years ago, if I ever would have imagined that I'd be in the cannabis space, uh, you know, let alone owning cannabis-based businesses, you know, I'd probably tell you you're crazy. Uh, never was on my radar, never thought about it one day until around 2017, um, and my wife, Lisa, um, was kind of at a a midway point in her career where she'd already left corporate medicine years before. She was really dissatisfied with with the one size fits all mentality of, of modern medicine. And so she left corporate medicine, went out on her own, uh, started her own private wellness practice. Uh, and it just really took off over the last decade. But she still found that no matter, you know, you know, she would get her patients off of medications and, you know, optimize their hormones and their supplements. But uh, 99% of her patients, even though they felt tremendously better, still complained about anxiety. They complained about insomnia. They complained about chronic pain. And for Lisa, she was really frustrated because she really didn't feel like she had any more tools in her toolbox other than just prescribing big pharma stuff, which she, she didn't want to do. She hasn't written prescriptions in a really long time. And so she started to research some alternate tr uh, treatments for these chronic complaints that she was getting. And so cannabis and CBD were one of the big ones that popped up, you know, just kind of like you, you know, you, you, you type some stuff into Google and, you know, it just starts spitting out all the stuff. It and so amazing what you find. Yeah. Days. Yeah. It's kind of scary. Uh, and so she went to more of the medical research side. So she got into her medical journals, um, some of the PubMed stuff available. And she she thought, you know what, let me just see if there's actually any documentation behind any of this. Um, because, you know, in her 20 year career as a doctor, she never had any education on it, never had any training on it. No one ever talked to her about it. You know, it was just pharma reps coming in her office day in and day out. So she said, you know what, let me see. And so she went into her preferred medical journal that she looks at daily. And she found something like 60,000 articles, journals, trials on cannabis. And much like you and your story, when you discovered, you know, what what epilepsy and cannabis, you know, what, what cannabis could do for epilepsy, Lisa was angry and she felt betrayed by her profession that, you know, this tool was out there. And rather than educate medical providers about it and let them make the decision whether or not they want to use it, it was essentially hidden from her. And so she got kind of deeper and deeper, kind of going down the rabbit hole and really felt like CBD would be a good starting point for her patients. Again, as not some, you know, panacea, miracle cure, but um, as another tool in her toolbox. And so that really is what caused me to start looking at cannabis. And, you know, I grew up in a very conservative household. Um, you know, I, I went to heard all the dare speeches in school and, you know, got a criminal justice degree, went to the police academy. And really up to that point, my entire education on cannabis was the government um, and and kind of what what they were putting out. And uh, yeah, 
And so, you know, I started doing my own education on it, you know, and I, you know, I, for 20 years, I was taught that, you know, cannabis as a general rule, you know, it, it's a gateway drug and it destroys communities and, you know, all, all that noise. And so it really wasn't until Lisa sparked, you know, this kind of interest in it that I started to do my own research on it as well, my own education and, you know, a whole new world opened up and, uh, you know, it really kind of changed things for me. You know, Lisa's mind was changed and it really kind of caused us to have this full commitment to um, trying to bring awareness to cannabis to to Fort Worth and Tarrant County, you know, North Texas and beyond. But um, but again, to answer your question, it was never on my radar, never thought I'd be in this space, uh, but it was really due to self-education that that caused me to kind of make that turn and, and start looking at things a different way. Yeah. Uh, you know, um talk about the anger and, and the feeling robbed part. There, there's one one testimony that I, I've used in the past, and I'll probably use it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to change the numbers as the years keep passing by because yeah. you can't seem yeah. to slow that clock down. Right. But, uh, and probably the years are off right now when I'm saying it, but one of the things I said was, you know, we knew 100, 170 years ago in 1850, we knew. Mm-hmm. You know, when William O'Shaughnessy was treating people for epilepsy and a multitude of other conditions right here in America, yeah. you know, and I go on to say that 120 years before it was deemed have, have no medicinal value, yep. we knew. 166 years before my son died, we knew, you know, it's just it's mind-boggling well i mean you know just look at the world today more than ever and you find that you know who has the power and the money controls the narrative of of all things and you know cannabis didn't have a great marketing program you know we just got out marketed by you know big business and big pharma and that's really what happened Uh, of course all my shopping with y'all's shop has been online like i said earlier and your, with your order turnaround, it's fantastic, and your free shipping is great, I, I have to tell you. Good. But but I want to talk about the product line you mentioned earlier, the well cell. Your sure. wife, being a physician herself, as you mentioned, worked to formulate a complete product line of CBD products. Yeah. Tell us about that journey and about some of the products uh, you both are most proud of in that line. Sure. So I'll I'll start that story a little bit further back when we opened Thrive Apothecary, the CBD store. And so we really wanted to create this place where um, we would bring in the best brands on the market. Um, we would give customers the opportunity to come in in this bright, welcoming environment, um, you know, where it didn't have a smoke shop feel or kind of a sleazy feel um, and really let them experience all the different things on the market. And one of the things we we found, we have a pretty strict vetting process um, when we bring products in. And so one of the things we found very early on in 2018 was the amount of absolute junk that was on the market back then. Um, You had you had things that were mislabeled, um, falsely labeled. Um, You know, during our vetting process, we third party test products to see if um, the company's labs match up to our labs. And what we found very quickly that the vast majority did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found products that contained, you know, less than half of the CBD. They said we found some products that were nothing but olive oil with the CBD label on it. Um, we found arsenic, lead, pesticide. I mean, you name it. Yeah. And so very quickly we got an education on what was wrong in the industry. And so, you know, again, Lisa being a doctor 
and you know having a lot of pride uh, in, in her position and her role and the community felt like you know she had to do something about it she had to create a better product that she would feel confident to give to her patients um, and that's kind of the lens that she views things through and so we kind of bet we began exploring how to create a premium CBD product and we wanted to make sure that you know it was American grown hemp this was back again in 2018 and there was a lot of Chinese hemp that had entered the marketplace that had a lot of contaminants in it. And so um, we went through this process and there's a lot of people that are way smarter than me um, that helped helped out on this. And, you know, Lisa formulated this entire line of full spectrum and broad spectrum products that, you know, we can guarantee didn't have pesticides, molds, solvents, contaminants. Um, we had a you know, we created this double double lab testing process for all our products. And so you know, we, we really tried to set a standard for the industry on on testing, on quality, on reporting our labs. Um, so back before the hemp bill passed in Texas, we were already putting QR codes on every product that would link directly to the labs. And you're actually linking to the lab for your particular product. And so one of the one of the kind of dirty secrets of the industry, especially years ago, was um Typically, manufacturers they would test a raw bunch of raw batch of material, and then they would just manufacture you know a million different products using that raw batch. And so the lab report that was associated with a particular product really didn't belong to that product. It just belonged to yeah. the raw materials at some point in time way back there. And so um, you know we wanted to make sure not only did we test the raw materials. Um, and the batch materials that we would actually test the final product as well once it finished the manufacturing process. And so, again, Lisa wanted to create a brand that she was proud to put her name on. Um, and I give her a lot of credit. You know, if you're, you know, especially being a doctor or any kind of kind of public official, you, you're always open to criticism. And she was willing to put her name on the bottle um, and say, hey, you know, this is mine. I created it. You can trust it. And um it's 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 done amazing things. It's gone a lot further than we ever thought it it would it would do. From you know basically starting in a little CBD store in Fort Worth, Texas, and now we sell well sell products all over the country at um, you know in doctors' offices, chiropractors' offices, retail stores, and so it's been really exciting. Um, it's been a lot of work, but it's something that we're very proud of. And again, it's just a commitment to quality and education that we thought was lacking uh, in the space. Is there any one particular or two particular products in that line that, that you think are the best or? So, you know, uh, they're all really high quality products. Um, you know, Lisa likes to recommend different products for different things, but probably our most popular product right now, we have a sleep cream that we released about four to five months ago. It's a high concentration of CBD, uh, but then it's infused with some organic botanicals like lavender and things like that. And so, We've had unbelievable feedback um, on this sleep cream. Um, you know, we get we get testimonies all the time from people. I mean, that's probably one of the bigger complaints um, that we hear about other than anxiety is insomnia. And so um, it, it's been really well received. And so that's probably that's probably our favorite one right now. It is our newer one. So, um, you know, the, the space is constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. Um, you know, we're seeing all the things that are happening in the hemp space, even in Texas right now with all the Delta 8 and Delta 9 stuff. And so, you know, it's a constantly evolving journey and we're, and we're just happy to be a very small part of it. Speaking of the Delta 8 yeah. conundrum, 
that we've been yeah. watching unfold yeah. for the last several months. Yeah. What, what's your opinion on that whole mess? Um, well, I mean, I, I think Delta eight is here to stay. Um, I think the cat's already out of the bag. Yeah. I mean, we're still we're still talking about you know a smokable hemp ban. Um, I mean, I think that just that just reared its head a couple of days ago. I mean, and you know you just kind of have to shake your head at this point. You have, you know, basically almost all our borders now have recreational or medical marijuana, and we're still talking about a smokable hemp ban. And so, you know, I, I think the cat's out of the bag. I think, you know, I, I have a personal opinion on on what kind of occurred and. I think the Texas legislature spoke pretty clearly when they chose not to intervene in Delta eight. Um, and I think this was in, in kind of end around um, by the Lieutenant governor and, and some of those people in his camp to, to squash this, but just like CBD back in 2019, I don't think they were prepared for the public response um, that yeah. overwhelmingly said, Hey, we, we want this stuff. And especially from the veteran side, I mean, the veterans group stepped up big time, um, during this and said, Hey, this is helping our people. And, you know, we need to, we need to have this. So, um, I think they were a little bit better prepared this time because the way they tried to be sneaky about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You they tried to keep that, it out of the public's eye. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, and that wasn't a backdoor the heck out of that one. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I, I think, I, I think Delta eight's here to stay only because the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Well, I mean, the cat's out of the bag and the only one that's suffering at this point is the state of texas yeah yeah i mean in reality i mean this is not going back the other direction no no i mean and and i tell everybody all the time um and again my, my opinion has changed over the years but the black market marijuana trade in texas alone is estimated between three and four billion dollars and we give all that money and all that control to the cartels. And it makes absolutely no sense. I, I agree with you. This is not going the other way. So it, it's time that we wake up. We, we recognize it. If you want to regulate it, great. Don't overregulate it like we're seeing, you know, in yeah. California and Oregon. But it's time for Texas to step up and, and do something different. I mean, the, the yeah. narrative is changing. I think the, the, the citizens, the citizens in Texas are are speaking out now more than ever saying, hey, even if even if I don't want it personally as a citizen, I don't have an issue with it. And, and you know, let's let's bring it to the forefront. So I, I think we're heading in the right direction. I still think we have a long way to go. And, and Texas, oh, yeah. I think we'll be one of the last ones to go. But I, I think I think the politicians kind of need to get with it at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Now you have you actually also have products in your store for pets, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, in fact, it's kind of interesting. The the first time we tried CBD back in 2017, 2018 um, was for our dog. That was our first experience with it. Okay. We have a uh, we have a 90 pound English cream golden retriever. He's about 10 years old, and we had kind of noticed, you know, he was slowing down a little bit, harder to get up and down, and just kind of seemed generally uncomfortable, and so. When Lisa started researching CBD, she kept seeing all the stuff referenced about pets. And so um, I'll never say that Jack, our beautiful golden retriever, was our guinea pig, but he was our guinea pig a little bit. And we thought, you know, let's just try it and see if it helps them. And we were, we were pretty blown away um, in, the, in the changes and the pace of the changes that he experienced. And so now, um, you know, all our animals, dogs, cats, everybody, they get their daily CBD. And 
And so that really, you know, and, and Lisa is an animal lover. Um, she's a dog lover, cat lover, horse lover. And so she wanted to have an entire section dedicated nothing to uh, nothing but pet health. And so that's what we did in our store. So, I mean, we have, you know, we have oils for pets, dog treats, CBD peanut butter for dogs, um, capsules, bombs, creams, shampoos. And so, yeah, we have a, a very comprehensive um, selection of high quality pet products because uh, Lisa kind of jokes, you know, we care more about what we put on our pets than we do our kids sometimes. And so, um, yeah, so she she has vetted all the products that we carry for pets. And it's one of our more popular things. It's kind of funny. You see people walk in and they buy, you know, a bunch of stuff for their pets and nothing for themselves when they walk out the door. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're definitely a, a pet friendly um, company and store. In fact, you can bring your pet in with you. We welcome all the pets in the store. So we always um, we always like to see that. We have one condition, though, if you bring your pet in the store, we get to take a picture of it. Um, we put it on our, our social media, but yeah, we have, we have a huge pet line and it's one of our, our favorite things about the store. Cool. Your store has also recently teamed up with one of the Texas compassionate use program dispensaries as well. Uh, please tell our listeners who you've partnered with, what that partnership brings to Tarrant County and Fort Worth. Yeah, sure. So we're really excited. So the medical cannabis program expanded on September 1st of this year. Um, my wife, Lisa, Dr. Gardner. Uh, she is now um, able to prescribe medical cannabis um, to citizens who qualify in all of Texas. And so we work very closely with Texas Original, which is the original dispensary here in Texas, um, mm -hmm. Texas owned. Um, we really feel like their values align closely to ours. And so we have a really unique situation with our store is we're the only store that we know of in Texas where a doctor can prescribe medical cannabis. Um, so not only do we have this full complement of CBD products, THC derivative products, but now we have medical cannabis where Lisa can prescribe it. And we are also the local pickup location for Fort Worth for Texas Originals. So if you're not mm -hmm. familiar with medical cannabis in Texas or dispensaries, I always tell people you have to kind of change your definitions of what they are. If you're yeah. If you've been to Colorado or California, the dispensaries are more of the customer facing storefronts, sure. not necessarily the case here in Texas. Um, and so. So what they do, instead of having their customers pay to have products delivered, they will just have a regional pickup location where they'll bring all the medication up from Austin. You can pick it up for free. And so Thrive Apothecary, our CBD store, was selected to be the Fort Worth pickup location. So. If you live anywhere in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, if you don't want to pay for your product to be delivered, you just come to our store. Um, they, they announce it. It's typically on Thursdays. You pick up your medication for free um, and you're right back out the door again. And so we, we really have this unique opportunity where we kind of have every stage of legal cannabis available in Texas. So we have all your traditional, you know, full spectrum, broad spectrum products. We have, um, you know, your, your isolates, you know, your, your CBNs things like that. We have your THC derivatives, Delta 8s. We have the new THC Delta 9 edibles. And then we continue to progress up into the medical cannabis. So again, you can get your prescription right there and have it brought to the store um, on a Thursday to pick up. And so it's been really exciting. Uh, we've met some unbelievable people. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's heartbreaking to see the amount of people that show up to pick up their products. But, you know, we're, we're happy that 
um, you know, they're, they're getting some of their life back and that they're, they're, you know, we're, we get great reports back from people on how their quality of life has improved very dramatically and very quickly um, from medical cannabis. And so, so yeah, so currently we're working with Texas original and uh, they're doing some amazing things and we're, we're happy to work with them and we're happy to just keep trying to put the message out to, you know, Tarrant County and really all of Texas. And I, I would say what we're seeing on the medical cannabis side, probably the biggest obstacle right now is really just awareness. Um, we will go out and just randomly start talking to people that are in the area of our store. And I would say about 80% of the people do not know that medical cannabis is even a thing in Texas. And so, yeah. um, you know, again, we're, we're a few months into it. Um, that will continue to grow. But awareness is probably the biggest obstacle to the program at this point. Well, the other thing uh, that, that a lot of people in Texas don't know is that, uh, you know, they hear the 1% and they yeah. don't understand what that yeah. means. That, yeah. that doesn't mean what they think that it means. It's Correct. not a street term. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. So most people associate, you know, THC content with recreational, you know, weed of like, you know, 20 to 30 percent. They hear that 1 percent and they're like, ah, you know, it's not even worth it for me. Um, Texas Original, you know, they're they're cranking out 10 milligram gummies. They are about to release 20 milligram gummies. Um, mm -hmm. And the good thing about the program is um, your your provider, your medical provider, you know, even though it's a 10 milligram gummy, if he says you need five of those a day, then that's that's what they prescribe. And so there's no limit to how much the provider can prescribe yeah. for you. And so that's that's one nice thing about the program. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects of the program that dramatically need to be improved upon. Uh, but at least they gave the provider, uh, you know, the authority to basically decide how much a patient needs. Yeah, that's one thing they've done right. So the pickups on Thursday, that's a weekly thing? Yes, sir. So uh, so right now, again, that that's that's kind of subject to change. Um, it may even become more than once a week. It's, it's so popular at this point. Um, I anticipate them having multiple pickup days at our store. Um, but right now it's Thursdays from noon to three. And so whoever you get your medical cannabis prescription from, we would hope it would be from us, but, but we serve anyone. Um, you can then elect to tell the dispensary that you'll pick it up at our location. They'll, they'll bring it up from Austin for free and you pop in, you get your medication and you're right back out the door again. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that, that's, that's, that is a wonderful service to have to, yeah. for pretty much anybody in North Texas, if they wanted to travel to Fort Worth, I mean, yeah. To save yeah, that I mean, delivery fee. Yeah. So, I mean, again, not to beat the dead horse about the program, but you, you only have a couple options in Texas to pick up your medication. Everything mm -hmm. has to be face to face, you know, driver's license are scanned, all that good stuff. So you can drive to the dispensary in Austin to pick it up. Not a great option for most people. Mm -hmm. uh, you can pay for a licensed DPS courier to bring it up here. Not always a great option. Mm -hmm. um, or you can have a local pickup option, which is what we offer at Thrive Apothecary. And so you can just go to one of those local pickup locations and get it for free. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great service. And I see that continuing to expand as the program grows. Sure, I do too. Uh, as well as the products that, that they're, like you say, yeah. they're fixing to come out with a 20 milligram. That just shows you they're constantly working for more and more and more. Yep. Uh, you talk about uh, your wife being a, a certified doctor in the program. Mm -hmm. uh, I hear so many people talking about fees being high, fees being low here, there. What kind of fees are they looking at if they come see the doc? Yeah, so we it's kind of all over the place right now, um, and there's really no standard. There's no mm -hmm. golden standard 
of even what patient care should look like. Um, and so what we're trying to do, again, is legitimize this process. Um, and so we're really trying to make it true medical, uh, medical cannabis experience. And so what we do is we do a free eligibility consult. So you can schedule a free consultation with us. One of our customer service girls will walk you through what the process looks like. They'll talk about your condition. They'll talk about what kind of documentation you have. Um, they'll talk about if you're looking to be diagnosed for like PTSD. And so we'll do an entire free consultation just to be able to tell you, yes, we think you qualify or no, we don't think you're going to be able to qualify at this time. So we do that absolutely free so you don't have to spend any money. And um, if you do qualify, we would then progress you to then meet with a doctor. Um, we do offer in-person doctor visits, but so far to date, um, it's been 100% virtual. Everyone just elects to do it, you know, from their phone, sitting on the couch, you know, it, it's super sure. easy. So that first time appointment, um, you meet with Dr. Gardner. Um, I, I always call her Lisa and she's like, call me Dr. Gardner on there. Uh, so you meet <laughs> with Dr. Gardner. Uh, so we charge $149 for your first visit. Um, you'll, okay. She'll go through your entire patient history. Um, talk about, you know, your, your chief complaints, talk about what makes it better, what makes it worse. Um, if you are looking for a PTSD assessment or diagnosis, she will give you an assessment to see if she can qualify you and diagnose you for PTSD. So we do the free eligibility consult. It's $149 to see her. Um, we are following the prescribed standard of care, uh, which is every three months have a follow-up. So you only see the doctor four times a year. It's $99 for a follow-up. Um, and again, she, she'll write your medication for three months. If at any time you need to come back before that and see us, you can always book an appointment for that. But uh, So it's free eligibility consult, $149 first visit, $99 for a follow-up after that. Cool. And, you know, again, it's brand new. Um, we've seen people as high as $400. We've seen people as low as $30. Yeah. Um, it's kind of all over the place right now. And ultimately the market will kind of decide the pricing. And I think you'll see, um, some consolidation of pricing over the next probably six months or so as, as the market kind of stabilizes. Yeah. Pardon this short break for a word from our sponsors. Hey y'all. Are you enjoying the guests and subjects Gramps is bringing you each week? Did you know Gramps does this all on his own? No production team and no producers. Just Gramps. Please consider making a monthly contribution to help Gramps continue to do what he does in an effort to educate, agitate, and motivate millions to get involved. It is as easy as clicking on the link in the show description that says, support this podcast. It can be as little as 99 cents per month. As always, Gramps thanks you for listening and for your support. Welcome back to Gramps Place, the podcast where Gramps and his guests talk about all things of public interest. So you also uh, you also advocate for cannabis law reform, don't you? Yeah, uh, I spent uh, some significant time in the Capitol back in 2019. I might have passed you in the hallway there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so I worked really closely with the Texas Cannabis Industry Association back then. Um, 
uh, a great guy named Patrick Moran owns a company called Pebble. Uh, worked very closely with them. Um, it was really my first experience seeing how the sausage was made and was not <laughs> impressed at all. Uh, it was, you know, uh, I remember coming back after the first week in Austin and talking to Lisa and was just really disheartened by the entire process. I mean, I, I really was. I was going there and I thought at least the politicians would have the courage to tell me their point of view. Um, yeah. And what I what I found is kind of the standard answer I got was, well, we're waiting for leadership to tell us, you know, what direction to go. And I, and it just blew me away. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm asking what you think. And, you know, it, it just, uh, you had to fight to try to get any kind of answer. So it was, it was a, it was a great experience in one sense. Um, but it was also a very frustrating, uh, and disheartening experience. And so, um, did that in 2019, this last session, I, we have, Lisa and I have a personal uh, relationship with Sid Miller, the agricultural commissioner. Okay. He gives us permission to say that he's a patient of Lisa's. Um, and so we've known him for several years. So we worked closely with him um, during this last session on, on some stuff, um, especially on the hemp side uh, and on the medical cannabis side. Um, and it was the thing I could tell the difference of between this session and last session was there was more awareness um, from the political side than there was a couple of years ago. I mean, people were at least, I mean, at least CBD wasn't this foreign thing to them. They understood it. They understood hemp. They're still scared of cannabis, even though yeah. hemp is cannabis, uh, but just they're, they're still scared of it. But I, I did see a little bit more awareness, a little bit more education, um, you know, from, from the, polit the politicians and the lobbyists this time. And so, um, you know, it's just, like I said, nobody likes to see how the sausage is made. And, uh, you know, it's just it's not a uh, sometimes I wonder, like, how we get anything done in the state or or even in the country, because, I mean, well, it's the, just, yeah, I was going to say the national level's worse. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and again, if you would have told me 20 years ago that I would be, you know, lobbying for for cannabis reform, I, I would tell you you're crazy. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned how, you know, my my childhood background growing up and then through the police academy. And I'm very transparent um, with people. I, I have no problem telling people, yes, I arrested people for marijuana in my career, especially early in my career, my first year or two. Um, you know, most police officers graduate the academy and they're you know, a little overzealous and, you know, they're they're wanting to save the world. And sure. um, and so, yeah, I arrested people for marijuana. Um you know, looking back on it now, I'm like, was it the right thing? I don't know. You know, um, I, I don't I don't apologize for it. I'm not ashamed of it. Um, I'm, I'm not proud of it either. It's just it it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but my even my views in the police department shifted. So after a couple of years on the department, I essentially stopped making cannabis arrests. And it really had no there was no you know morality issue behind it. It became an efficiency problem for me. And so if I was in the city of Fort Worth and, you know, let's say I arrested you for a marijuana joint possession under two ounces back then. It was a class B misdemeanor, which is one above a traffic ticket. Yeah. And so it was going to take me three hours to, you know, take you to the jail, book you in the jail, go tag the evidence, make a report. And meanwhile, you know, there's you know, shootings going on, stabbing, you know, you know, domestic violence was going on. And so it just didn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. especially when it was all just being pled down to class C tickets. And so I'm like, you know, why, why am I going to spend three hours on something that's going to be a ticket or, or just disappear anyway? 
Um, and then, and then even more as I matured as a police officer, and, and even though I, I talked about my real education didn't begin until about 2018, I mean, I was aware of what was going on in the country, you know, how the tide of cannabis was changing. And I remember having, I, I remember vividly being in SWAT, and this is probably, gosh, 20, 2013, 2014, and I was a team leader in SWAT. Um, and I remember sitting down with the other leadership in SWAT and just kind of having this conversation about cannabis, because one of the main duties uh, of SWAT in Fort Worth was we ran all the high risk dynamic entry narcotic search warrants. And so there were other people in the city that could run narcotics warrants. Uh, but if uh, there was a history of guns, violence, gang membership, fortifications, then SWAT would run it. Um, sure. and you know, we're talking about using explosives to breach doors, flashbangs, um, high propensity for bad stuff to happen. Yeah. And we had some leading up to this, we had some pretty close calls on marijuana warrants where officers almost got shot. Citizens, you know, almost got shot. You know, when you're doing a dynamic search uh, warrant, I mean, there it's a no knock warrant. So. You know, you're sitting in your living room and your door explodes and a bunch of people run in. There's there's a high propensity that bad stuff can happen. And so we started having this discussion of are we willing to potentially kill people or have one of our guys get killed over a plant that we can drive 90 miles, 90 minutes north and it's legal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even as, you know, kind of hearted, jaded, you know, cops we're like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, and like, I loved all my guys, you know, I, all, all my guys that worked for me in SWAT. I mean, I went to their kids' birthday parties and, and I'm like, I couldn't imagine losing one of them over a plant. I mean, this makes no sense. And yeah. so, although this will never probably be said officially around 2014, SWAT made the decision as a unit and told narcotics, we will no longer run dynamic entry search warrants for marijuana. And so narcotics just kind of went on and did other stuff at that point. And so, um, again, you know, I, I don't hide from my background. Um, you know, I, I've caught a lot of flack from a lot of people that, you know, I don't deserve to be in this space. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm, I'm a big boy. Um, all I can say is at the time I did what I thought was right or what I've been told. Um, yeah. As I matured as a person, uh, as I became educated, my my viewpoint completely changed. And now I see a real opportunity, having been on the other side, to really try to advocate for it. Um, you know, I've got I've got so many law enforcement friends that confide in me now, um, you know, that you know, they, they have all these problems and they're, they're looking for solutions as well. And, you know, they're they're just waiting to the day that they can retire so they can feel good again. Um, yeah. and, and I think it's silly that even in the city of Fort Worth, um, the Fort Worth Police Department officers are prohibited from taking CBD. Even They're not I even know. allowed to take THC free CBD. And so, know. you know, I tell people, so, you know, the city's okay with officers, you know, answering calls on Vicodin and Ambien and, you know, antidepressants, um, but they're not okay with them taking something that we know scientifically will not impair your judgment, won't cause a high, uh, but it'll bring officers relief. And so it's, it's kind of crazy. And, yeah. and so I kind of went all over the place there, but I, I don't hide <laughs> from my background. Um, well, I was going to say, I've seen both sides of it. I was going to say, and, 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 and I understand your position totally. Uh, I mean, 100%. My wife worked for district, district attorney and retired from the DA and go, yeah. 
so I know the law enforcement world very well. Yeah. I actually, when, when, uh, when my son came to me and asked me about cannabis and epilepsy, I wasn't smoking, you know, at that time I had given it up when we were actually high school sweethearts. So when we got back together, I said, you know, I was actually picking up sack and said, you yeah. know, the, driving home, I said, this, this probably wouldn't be very good reflection on her. <laughs> <laughs> if I was to get popped with a bag of weed in the truck, you know, yeah, yeah. Up her entire retirement, you know, that, that would not right, be good. Right. So I gave it up. And, you know, amazingly enough, after 26 years, no issue giving it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I yeah. can't give up soda pop. <laughs> right. I've had trouble giving up alcohol. You know, when I was a young man, I had my bout with cocaine, and that was a tough one to give up. You know, cannabis yeah. wasn't wasn't an issue. One day yeah. I smoked it, the next day I didn't. Yeah. And I didn't miss it. Right. You know, uh, my health missed it later down the road, oh, yeah. but that's a different story. But when I when I started, I kind of went off on a tangent there. But what I started to say uh, about your feeling uh, at the time. When you first became a, an officer, you were doing what you were trained was correct and right by the laws on the book. And that's what you were sworn to uphold was the law on the book. You know, I've always been a defender of police officers uh, just from the simple fact that I would never be one because of the fact that every day you put that uniform on and go out there, you're putting your life on the line. Yeah. And and I wasn't willing to do that for everybody else's safety. So that's one decision that, that you know, a lot of people need to have a little respect for, for the men in blue. But, uh, you know, and there's good and bad and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the well, important yeah. thing is, is you evolved from, yeah. what, from that point to, like you told the story, you evolved and you're still willing to try to help others evolve. And that's what's important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, I, I've seen both sides of it. I'm, and again, being transparent, even to my officer friends now, I use THC every day and it has dramatically improved my life since I've retired. Um, in fact, Lisa is like, you are a completely different person. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I thought for a long time, uh, you know, anxiety, that's for the weak people, you know, <laughs> like they just need to toughen up and um, it wasn't until I tried actually CBD, I got into CBD first um, and then progressed into THC that all of a sudden I, I, I felt significantly better. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I had anxiety and I know that I have some PTSD issues from from some of the things that I, I've done. I've seen um, I have some physical issues. I mean, I've I've got rods in my back. I've torn my shoulder uh, I was an explosive breacher, so just the concussion um, effects of um, these blasts going off. I'm mean, gonna have some neurological issues. I get dizzy, um, you know, lightheaded. I, I have trouble with my balance sometimes. And THC has dramatically improved my life. Um, it's it's made me a happier person, um, and not from and not not from the high effect of it. I'm happier because the anxiety's gone, the pain is turned down. And I really feel like I am able to connect with my true feelings. I can have real legitimate relationships now with people. Um, and so it, it has been a, a life changing tool for me. Um, and, you know, there, there's there is a big part of me that regrets not knowing about this years ago because I wonder, um, you know, 
what my life would have been like had I had relief years and years ago. Yeah, I actually have a condition. Uh, it's one of those big, long names. Say, uh, multiple gamopathy of undetermined significance. MGUS for short. It's basically okay. the precursor to uh, a blood bone marrow cancer called multiple myeloma. Oh, uh, but it causes neuropathy, severe neuropathy. Yeah. So yeah. I actually qualify in Texas. Yeah. Uh, but the sad fact is, and and I can I can point you. Out, I used to be able to quote them off the top of my head, but it's been a couple of years since I've referenced them. But I could actually point you to two studies that were done in out in California at UCLA on using cannabis for neuropathy yeah. and and the the conclusions of both of those clinical trials stated that smoking or inhaling is the number one method to treat yeah. neuropathy or neuropathic yeah. pain yeah so I, I haven't bothered to try to get get certified you know get a patient yeah. recommend or prescription or anything yeah. you know uh, i also probably have ptsd i was a first yeah. responder for a year when i was 17 years old in my hometown yeah how smart was that <laughs> <laughs> i made it a year before yeah. i said the hell with this shit yeah. you know but uh it's it's amazing you know uh how far we've come as as just a state of texas <laughs> yeah Oh, yeah. But as a country, and it boggles my mind why we can't seem to get off the the, the uh, chopping block at yeah. the federal level. Well, yeah. You know, we got we got bills from both sides now, and we're still moving nowhere. You well, know. Yeah. I mean, I think again today more than ever, we're seeing the power of big pharma. Um, we're seeing the power of that political influence, and um, you know, there, there's more than just big pharma that doesn't want cannabis to progress, but they're a huge factor behind it. And, um, you know, unfortunately, they've got endless amounts of money and influence with, with, with politicians at the local, state and federal level. And so yeah. I think until you see an overwhelming response similar to what we saw in hemp in 2019 from the public, I mean, I don't think it's going to change or, you know, we, we have to vote the people out and, and get different people in there. Well, I uh, think that's the key statement right there. There's there's yeah. a certain group of people that I say at the federal level, especially that have got to go and not just from, not just from the cannabis aspect, from all aspects, because we're in a gridlock at the national yeah. level, but we're not yeah. doing anything anymore other than yeah. passing budgets. That's yeah. about it. You know, yeah. few relief bills during the whole COVID thing. But other than that, we pass a budget every year. And then other than that, we argue. As far as things that help average everyday ordinary people, that's that quit happening about 20 years oh, yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. I, and I there's a group of there. people up there that, that I call them the long timers. You know, I laugh because uh, for years when I was a kid growing up, our representative, of course, like I said earlier, I, I grew up in Grayson County. Yeah. So we had Ralph M. Hall was our representative and he was a Democrat but yeah. when I was a little kid. And then as he got older, he decided, oh, shit, I'm not going to win as a Democrat. So right. I flipped parties and become a Republican. And then he stayed yeah. in there another 20 something years, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. and the Nancy Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's, the Mitch McConnell's, oh, yeah. all these 20, 30 and 40 year old old timers yeah. got to go. You know, they've been in there I too agree. long. You can't be in there that long and not be taking some of that money from big pharma, if you know what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how all these people spend their entire life in government and their net worths are, you know, 
tens and tens of millions. So it's it's interesting how that happens. Yeah, on a hundred and something thousand dollar a year salary, you know, <laughs> right. and they got to pay those big rents and stuff up there in D.C. It's not cheap yeah. to live in D.C. No, you, no, you know, definitely not. so definitely and not. you know that's not the only place they have. So. Yeah. How are they getting becoming millionaires? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but I, I, I'm with you. We we need to get some different people in there, um, at the local level, the state level, and and the national level for sure. The only problem is we're not ever going to get that 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 to happen until we can get the voting population to get past all the right left rhetoric. Yeah, no, I agree. Yep, that's all it is. It's rhetoric. Yep. It's a bunch of that bullshit that don't mean nothing. Yeah, I think if uh, I think if you could just you know, hypothetically, if you could just isolate cannabis, not not attach it to any kind of spending bills or any kind of other political objectives and just said, hey, we're going to have a down the line vote on cannabis in Texas. Yes or no. Uh, I think you'd see a very different outcome than what currently happens in the government where, you know, they they attach it to their own bills and their own kind of objectives and um, their own pork. And it, and it just it gets off yeah. the tracks and, and it doesn't go anywhere. Whoever invented the word rider when it comes to government yep. bills and 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 yep. I agree with you. I agree. With <laughs> needs, needs yeah. If you have any questions about it, go to the Capitol here in Texas during uh, the legislative session and and oh, watch what. Uh, yeah. Uh, the first time I went to the Capitol, uh, I I went like I say it was 2019, and I went on opening day. Yeah. And I had been in email contact with my representative's office. Yeah. And 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 specifically with his legislative director. <laughs> so he knew exactly who I was, what I yeah. had on my mind, the whole bit, you know, and uh, I already had three bills that, that I was calling out to him, you know. And uh, so I, I walked in the office on on opening day and I got to sit at the end of his desk talking with him. Yeah. And I'm facing the little hallways like five feet in front of me that goes back and to the right and there's the representative's office, yeah, you know, Yeah, yeah. And I can hear him in there talking with somebody. Yeah. So I kept this conversation going long enough <laughs> <laughs> so that I was still sitting in that chair when yep. he walked whoever he had in there out, yeah, you know, Yeah. and yeah. then I stood up and we were face to face. He had yeah. no choice but to stick his hand out and say, hi, yeah. I'm Representative yeah. Stuckey, you know, nice to meet you. And then of course, his legislative director stood up, introduced me, yeah. told him what I was there about and, you know, that I'd lost a son. And I had a 10 minute conversation right there. That's amazing. That's you amazing. know, uh, and then then I got a, a call. Well, email but probably two weeks later. And they said, come back. I want to talk to you again. And that's where I got disheartened yeah. because they spent the time to reach out, have me come all the way back to Austin. I live up near Denton. So, yeah. You know, that's a pretty good haul for me oh, to yeah, go to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I go down there and uh, walk in his office, sit down. We're not in there five minutes. Barely get past. Hello, how are yeah. you? You know, the, the, the cordial part of the, yeah. the greeting yeah. part of the conversation. And the Speaker of the House called him back to the floor. Meeting over. Yeah, that was it. And I went. Yeah. How do you ever find out what we want? Yeah. If that's uh, all the time we get. And, and what's sad is I think you got further than I did um, with a lot of these people because we never actually got the face to face with the actual representative. Like you're saying, it was all their aides. 
Mm-hmm. What we found was most of the reps and senators, they hadn't even read the bills. They, you know, they rely 100 percent on their aides to basically tell them what's in the bill and which way they yep. should go. Uh, and that was one of the more mind blowing things to me was when we finally did get some face to face time. He really couldn't give an opinion because he had no idea what we were talking about. He had no idea what was in the bill, including some people that co-sponsored the bill didn't even really know what was in it. Um, And so you end up, yeah, you're talking to some 22 year old aide that actually read the bill. And, you know, who knows what happens after that point. So, yeah, it's I I totally understand your frustration and and it's not a great system. Yeah, it's not. It's, you know, they try to do so much in 120 days yeah you know and and then it's every other year it's like which most texans don't even realize they have no no idea that the legislature only meets every other year and so anytime we talk about cannabis and where hey where do you see it going you know i always kind of frame it around these two-year blocks that you know we're really not even going to have another conversation about this till 2023 you know so um you know short of some administrative action this is this is it for two years. And then two years from now, we'll fight the fight all over again and hopefully progress it a little bit. Um, but it's always going to be in these two year blocks of time. And most people have no idea. That's how the Texas government is run. Yeah. Of course, I think uh, I think we're stuck pretty much where we're at. The minor incremental changes every two years until we yeah. get rid of a certain couple at the head. I agree. Uh, but, you know, that takes more work than just I can do. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. So with all that disheartening talk (laughs) about politics in Texas, will you continue to work in Texas for change? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, having seen both sides of the equation, I feel like, you know, I'm I'm at a position where I can give some personal insight. I can help educate even the law enforcement side um, on, on what's really happening. Um, I, I can talk about the patient advocacy because literally I have probably met, I don't know, in the last three years, I don't know, probably more than 5,000 people um, that are using cannabis. Their lives are improved. And then, unfortunately, up until September 1st, there was this whole other segment of people, you know, that, you know, they call our store and say, hey, I've got terminal cancer. Um, I got 30 days to live. What do I do? You know, and, and it's like you didn't yeah. have an option for them. Um, and so I will continue to advance the cause of cannabis. Um, you know, I think Texas will be a recreational state one day. It, at this point, it, you know, the writing's on the wall. How long it takes us to get there, I don't know. Again, I always go back to let's take the power and the money away from the cartels that are controlling the market. Let's put it in the hands of Texans. I, and I wish the politicians would stay out of it, but that it is what it is. But it's time to take control of of the market and and start doing some good in texas well and the thing thing with the legal regulated market that they don't understand is uh they wouldn't have to worry about uh the, the bad chemicals pesticides molds yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the all the bad things that are out there every day on the street you know and, and of course they argue i argue all the time with politicians on this one um I said, well, you know, look at Oregon, look at Washington, look at California. The cartels are going wild in Colorado. You want to know why? Because A, they don't have to come across the border with it. Yeah, yeah. And B, they're much less likely to get in trouble in a legal state than they are in an illegal state. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to do their illegal grows there. Duh. 
<laughs> and and those states that you mentioned have overregulated the legal market so much to help that it's it caused the it's, it's caused the price of legal marijuana to jump. And so, you know, if you're a 20 year old kid and you have 20 bucks, you're going to go buy black market weed because it's cheap. Sure. And so uh, so hopefully whenever Texas reaches that point, we we can learn some lessons that other states have already made. Um, you know, Texas is kind of we kind of tend to do our own thing and kind of like this medical cannabis program. We rolled it out with not a whole lot of forethought to some issues that have already come up. But hopefully when when recreational marijuana comes, we definitely we do it the right way. And, and we we learn from the mistakes of some other states. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I need to uh, need you to tell our listeners where they can find your store uh, or and the doctor and everything. Tell us where, where y'all are at. Yeah, absolutely. So Thrive Apothecary is located in the Foundry District of Fort Worth. So we're right near Montgomery Plaza. Um, you can reach us in our store. We're open seven days a week. You can order online. Um, Chris, you already mentioned we do free shipping on every order. Um, we, we always try to ship same day uh, the order comes in. So you can reach us online at thrivetx.com. And on the Thrive Apothecary website, there is a link to medical cannabis. But you can also reach it directly at thrivemedicalcannabis.com. You can book your appointments online. Again, it's 100% virtual if you want it. You can do it from your couch on your phone. And we're happy to help Texans, uh, you know, anywhere they're located in the state. Well, uh, it's great that y'all are doing this in, in Tarrant County. Uh, you know, we need to get more and more places to offer this. Every yeah. county in the, in the state of Texas, in my opinion, uh, because of the restrictions, you know, that, that they've put on the, on the quote unquote dispensaries. Yeah. Of, yep. of having to have only one location and have to store. It's the only place they can store yeah. it overnight. That's the one thing we didn't mention earlier that, that yeah. a lot of people don't understand, you know, so it's a fabulous, fabulous thing that y'all are doing. Uh, and I want to thank, thank you. you for coming on the show. I really Absolutely. do. I had, a, I had a great time and I'm, I'm happy to come back and talk about cannabis more um, as it progresses. Well, absolutely. We'll have you on anytime, Trey. All right, Chris. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. And as always, I want to thank our listeners for joining us. Gramps Plays, where Gramps and his guests discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing here in the good old USA. From ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. Gramps talks with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. Be sure to subscribe where you get your podcasts or visit GrampsPlace.net today. And as always, thank you for listening to Gramps Place. <laughs>